Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Hey, welcome to the Sketch Magazine podcast. This is Robert, uh, publisher of Sketch Magazine, and I have with me Bill Nichols, senior editor of Sketch Magazine. Hey, Bill. Hey, hey Bob. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing just fine. Ready to do a podcast. What about you? All right, I'm ready. Um, John's not with us tonight. He seems to have blown out his headset and mic on his last podcast. Last night, I don't know, what's that boy's doing, like four or five different podcasts now? Yeah. So, he's burning up the mic, so evidently, and his new one hasn't arrived, so he's going to set this one out, and Bill and I are going to carry it. Been trying to get going here for about an hour and a half, but we've had some bad weather blow through, and it did some bad things to my computer, so I had to reset some programs and get some things fixed, but uh, we've, we're up and running now, so... So, Bill, what's the subject today for the podcast? Uh, today's going to be uh, from Eric Adams, our buddy who does Lackluster World. Um, it will be about perceived value. How do you convince someone that your comic is worth the financial and or time investment and what makes your comic seem more worthy than the many others a reader can choose? How's that? Ooh, I like it. And uh, I think in general, we've talked here and there about it, but haven't really dove into selling your wares and uh, what, you know, setting a value to it. And and it's really hard because, you know, you you have all this time invested into it. You have all this mental energy invested into it and you believe in it or you wouldn't produce it. But now you got to get those energies and, and those thoughts into building that readership and that's really hard it's really hard to be a creator and then flip the hat and become a salesperson right and that's where a lot of people fail in this is not be able to to you know get that audience built up so uh how do you do it bill well i think you have to <clears throat> Um, decide really what your goal is. And we've talked about that before. Are, is this going to be a business? Um, and for some people, that's a bad word, creating it, treating it as a business because that sort of takes the, the fun out of it or the enjoyment factor out of it. Is it going to be a business? In other words, is it going to help support you? Uh, is there going to be a monetary reward uh, that lets you enjoy doing this financially um, and helps, you know, sort of soften that blow of, you know, uh, how you spend your time, spend your money. Um, but you have to set a goal. And you know, what do you want for the future? Is it going to be a glorified hobby? Right. Because some people, that's how they treat it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes money is not the main goal it's sort of the participation in some cases 
uh, I know that I have taken inking gigs before just back in, you know, especially back in the day, I would take stuff to uh, be able to ink other people because the more, the more pencilers you can ink seems like the, you know, the, the more uh, maybe diverse or right. maybe not so diverse in my, you know, I, I tend to follow inkers or uh, pencilers pretty uh you know, pretty well or mm-hmm. pretty much. But um, you have to set a goal. What do you want out of it? And once you set that goal, where are you going from here? Okay. Do you see that you look at markets, though? Um, say mm-hmm. that uh, comics, it seems that Marvel and DC is really pushing that when they release a new comic, the digital is the same price as a print one. And then after a period of time... They seem to lower it by a dollar or so. So that's sort of offsetting. I'm sure that has a lot to do to trying to keep retailers happy and keeping a lot of people from going strictly digital. But it's really hindering, if you ask me. It's 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 really keeping me from buying new comics digitally. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of hurting themselves in that market at, at the moment. Because I think there's so many people who don't have comic shops. And maybe maybe they're the one who's buying at the full price digitally because they can get them that way. But you have to sort of set your price. I know with Skystorm myself, I looked at everything we've already we have finished that has been in print at one form or another. I'm putting out at a buck ninety nine digitally. I'm putting out in print at three ninety nine just because the cost. Of, right. of of reprinting that in short runs is high, so three ninety nine is about a set price on a on a uh, non large publisher comic right now. So we're still within that price. I know some people sell their comics for five six dollars because they're shorter runs or more cost invested. So I, I guess you once you get past the setting your price. Now you've got to sell this. And, and that is one of the hardest things to do. Um, I think it comes to finding your niche myself and, and, and selling. And I almost think it's easier for Eric with Lackluster World and his look and his brand to have the customer base stop because they're interested in it and allow him to sell to him. He's not going to sell to a superhero fan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to sell to a Western fan. So I've noticed it's really hard for us to sell the superhero stuff. You know? Right. Because um, there probably is so much of it out there with the Marvels, the DCs. Um, it, it makes a lot of people sort of gloss over when they see the Storm Quest and the Tempered Steel. Um, so, you know, we're still trying to figure that out. And, and But I, I've had it easier to sell the Clay'sway stuff. Because, there again, it's a niche. Not, not just ADHD and dyslexia, but it's a kids-type book. It draws the family over to look at it. Uh, it's got the Panda, another brand, another little niche to, to bring in. So it makes it easier for me to sell that product. I think you will have the same thing with Artiste. Once we get more 
graphics of your stuff out there for people to see. You sort of fall in that that lackluster world, that that alternative look as far as your artwork and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Robin's cranking out some beautiful Greystale st- stuff. So I think it would really... We, we get some some prints or the trading cards or whatever. I think you will have much success pulling in a niche market for that book. I think almost more than Ursula right now. Even though mm-hmm. Ursula, you're running into the zombie. You're sort of fitting into another thing that Eric sent us was trends with Ursula. Because right. the zombie... Vampire, you know that killer thing is going right. on, but and we'll talk about that another time. But I really think Artis has that weird—not weird—that's the wrong word—but different look. I, I mean, I love Robin's style in that book, and I think right. you—you know—if we can get a pop-up banner at some point in time or something, where people are going to go, "Whoa, that's different." You've got a hook to at least hand them a card to get them to the website, you know? Right. So, how do we convince to sell them? That's that's tough because everybody's going after those dollars in their pockets, whether it's at a con, online, or in a store. Everybody's going after those readers' dollars. And that's why I really like digital because it opens us up to a whole lot more people. Um, it, it's. I think I think you just got to play th- right now. I think you got to really play the niches. I think you got to find your core audience, whether it's through social medias, doing cons, doing different types of cons. Maybe not so much comic cons as, say, if you do a Western book, maybe you need to do a different type of show or a different setup in a different way. Right. Um, I know I think I could take Clay's way into libraries. Mm-hmm. I think I could take it into family settings. Um, I could do actually I think Clay's way would do well on on some festivals and stuff like that where I've got kids and families and stuff you know uh, not really comic readers but reaching out that way I think we could do decent with it um, sometimes as decent as I do at some comic shows um, so uh, there again he says how do we convince someone the comic is worth its financial and or time investment I don't think a reader, a lot of readers, realize the time investment that you put into creating a comic, especially creator-owned comics, where you're doing a lot of it yourself. Right, because that's an unknown. You know, it it doesn't magically appear, but the actual process, yeah, there, there's just no frame of reference sometimes for what actually goes into it. Well, I've actually heard people, readers, say, well, you, well, Marvel puts out Spider-Man once a month, twice a month. and But they don't realize how many people it is behind getting that book out. Right. You know, from production to editors to marketing to everything that it takes to make sure that hits once or twice a month, however often it comes out. So a lot of the smaller guys, we're doing it all. Right. And so we're putting a lot more time, and a lot of time that's our side time, into it. So I, I think there's ways to um, buy advertising on Facebook in a couple areas like that. 
to bring some notice, especially if you're going to be at a location. Um, press releases, you know, comic related, will run them mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, doing podcasts or getting set up on podcasts, I think, is a great way to build your niche, especially niche. Um, one way we we spoke about lore, I think, in the last podcast or podcast before uh-huh. last. Yep. Is how she worked MySpace. Now she went to historical uh, groupings and 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 stuff like that on MySpace and different areas and signed up for them and then let them know that, hey, you know, I'm doing a web comic over here about historical, you know, colonial times. You might want to come over and check it. So there again, it's working your niche. Right. Whatever your niche falls in. Um, I think that's what you got to do. That I mean, and that's what myself, and I've really focused on Clay's way, is that I needed materials to sell almost before I really started working the niche to make it financially worth it. Right. So, you know, that's sort of where the Clay's Way magazine comes in, I think. Um, we're going to retweak it before the Cincinnati show and add a couple more articles to it. Mm-hmm. And maybe a couple more puzzles or something. Just try to beef it up a hair. And then probably try to get the second one out. So we'll have two. And I think at that point, we can... Um, now we need to start working our niche, which is... For me, it's it's chasing down ADHD podcast and blogs and getting write-ups. You know, we've sort of been in with totallyadd.com. Um, we had its founder in one of our strips... So, you know, we'll let them know about the magazine. I have a, a physical thing along with the new strips online. And we got the new blog starting that I can go to them and say, look, this is what we're doing. This is what we're about. We're, you know, so and then I can start working. I mean, there's um, a podcast. I don't know how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of downloads. It's a kid called uh, Manic Mommies. And it's about mm-hmm. these three women who work and raise a family and the craziness and da da da. You get on there, you get in front in front of hundreds of thousands of listeners. Right. How many people at that point is going to type in? Oh, Clayway.com. Let's check it out. Boom. While they're there, they get to read all the free strips. But I also also want to link to the store in case they want to support us. You know. So that's something you definitely want to investigate. I think niches are really, really what we have to look at to build our followings. Um, but it, it's not the, I, I don't know, is it the only way? I mean, the comic shops are nice if they'll support you locally. Mm-hmm. The cons are great, but they're rough. Doing conventions are rough right now. I don't know about you, but we seem to do decent because we have sketch. <laughs> yeah. Because we're at a show. That has creators there who want to learn more. So we do pretty good with Sketch. And then the comics do okay. Right. You know? So it's really, really, really... It's hard to say. I I think you have to go in many different areas to build it up financially. And as far as justifying, you you just have to set a price and say, hey... This is the price. This is what I value it at. And this is what it's worth. Uh, You don't undervalue yourself ever. Because you know what you're worth. You know what your time investment is. You know what you need to make off of that time. 
I mean, will you, you know, you sort of set a time frame that you'll make that money back. Um, but don't undervalue yourself. Right, because you can always come down or give somebody a, a deal or something like that. But right. it's hard to come up if it's, you know, if it's well, there's five dollars, charge them ten unless it's, you know, something special. Well, there's this thing about people justifying paying the price because it's worth it. You know, you can put a comic out and you can put a dollar on it. Like, well, it must not be very good. They only want a dollar for it. And you put the same comic out and you put four dollars on it. Like, man, that's the same price as Marvel and DC. Maybe I need to check it out. I like the artwork. What was the difference? Exact same book, two different prices. Perceived value. Exactly. Perceived value. It was in their head that because you were asking for less, it must not be worth much. Right. Or so, sometimes if you're giving stuff away, it's. Yes. Free st- street stuff is cool, but there are people who, like, you know, that, that devalues it for them. Well, didn't you just say you had bags of stuff that you've collected from cons in the past? Oh, yeah. Still in bags? What? I do. I have Star Wars bags from Celebrations years ago. It's, everything's still in it. I still have pins and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, I think when you give away stuff, I think that's sort of where this trading card idea has come around for us mm-hmm. in the past year. Is that when you hand them a trading card, everybody's familiar with that size because of baseball cards. Right. Male or female, they know a baseball card. They know, they in their brain, there again, preconceived value. Is it collectible? Yeah, he just handed it to me. It was free, but I always see him hold on to him for some reason. So that's playing that mental note that I'm familiar with the size. I'm familiar that some of these things are valuable down the road, and I may hang on to it. So that's why I really think a trading card is a little freebie giveaway. Plus, for the value, for the money, you can't beat it. Right. So it's full color, two-sided. Yeah. Um, they're, they're solid. Mm-hmm. It's not flimsy. No, no glossy. So they're they're nice. So that that's sort of the play upon the value of that that giveaway. Um, now, what I have noticed is once I started giving away cards at the shows, I don't sell many of the other ones because, oh, well, I already got a card from him. I don't need another one. So it sort of hurts sales of the other cards. But my goal right now is just get the website out yeah. there. Now, if you can make that card that you give away um, not complete, that's the other others uh, maybe make a puzzle or something or a tableau. Or like a nine-piece mm-hmm. image. Uh-huh. Or a three-piece image and buy the right. other two cards. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Um, as long as there's enough stuff in that image so people remember what it is, you know, that that would be something to play around with where you, like, have a long image and it's broken into mm-hmm. three cards. Um, that would be neat. Might have to play around with that a little bit and see how that works as far as marketing. You know, here's your free cards. And if you like to have the whole image and, like, have a big printout of it so they can see the whole image... Right. Uh, here's these other two cards for a buck or something, you know. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so setting your value is, is what you see the current market value is. And then what you need to make from this. You know, if you're doing this strictly as a hobby and you don't need investment money, you don't need the money back because it is a hobby, still don't don't cheat yourself. 
Just like your friend that I was talking about who was giving away sketches at cons. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I know he's getting his name out there and he's he's doing quick sketches, but he still probably has people walk up and says, hey, can you do so-and-so and can you put more detail in it? Da, da, da. And these are free sketches, you know, but, you know, right. no people. And he says no. Yeah. Okay, so there's but a then, negative to something right. he's giving away free. Oh, so that's usually it's like because he's had that happen. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, it's a free sketch. Yeah. And they're like, well, uh, but he's had again, he's had people come back to buy the prints, so it, it it's works. sort of like an invitation. Yeah, for him it works. Right. Because there, there's a sort of cycle there. Mm-hmm. That's but, works, especially in a local con or something, you know. Right. Where they live close around, you know, you build that local, you know, buyership readership up, or it's a con that you peer at every year. But, uh, yeah, as far as preconceived value, I think it really takes you figuring out what you need for it and then working those niches, the niche areas, the forums, the the social medias, the groups, and uh, building it. It's hard. It's one of the hardest things to do in this industry. To me, it's harder to sell and build a fan following than it is to write, draw, ink, color, print design i can do all that it's that selling point that most people probably fail in because we're not really as creators we're not really built for that end of it and then then you have to justify how much time you spend on selling to how much you spend on creating because you don't you know you don't want to create one book and take six months off and promote and sell that book and then not have anything else in the works to come back out right behind it. You know? Right. Right, because you, you have to factor in, again, your time, what your goal is. Because if you have set up a goal, you know your budget. Uh, if you know that printing costs X amount of dollars um, and other cost that are incurred because of that then that gives you sort of an idea too of what you can charge or maybe what you should charge um, what you can get out of it uh, or can try to get out of it like we said before you can come down or you can make deals at shows and stuff but um, I mean really you don't sell yourself short mm-hmm. That that's realistically and financially and um, I don't know. You can always email us, and we can we can help you out with that on a case by case basis. Because we, you know, we I do have people ask me, you know, opinions and stuff. Right. On certain things. So. Uh, well, uh, the whole thing is, don't let somebody walk up to your table and say, you know, well, I can buy a Marvel DC book for that price. Okay, right. go right ahead. You know. But the whole concept is that he said, I can buy, you know, he's put you into their vein, into their area. And that's okay. Um, but I really think to get what you want for your product, you've got to start with presentation. And, you know, there again, I'll use Eric. Eric has a wonderful table presentation with backdrops, table setup, imagery. It's there. It's all there. You know, he nails it. So that's something to consider when you're getting ready to sell. 
presentation. Right. Um, I think my derby show was probably the best presentation I've done in a while. Yeah, that, yeah, looked good. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the Clay'sway pop-up banner. Uh, we had the new Skystorm banner across the display. We had the prints up, which showed a lot of imagery, a lot of superhero imagery, a lot of you know, the Blood and Roses girls up there. I wanted that right behind the comic display themselves. We had all the comics facing out. So people could mm-hmm. see them. They were up. We had prints out, up for the Clay'sway stuff. So the whole setup really worked well, as far as getting people to look. But right. um, you know, it, it's tough out there. So you just have to keep beating, beating against the door, beating, you know, and making it. it it's a slow process. But if you're dedicated and you're wanting to work at it, and you, you believe in what you're doing, then it's worth it, you know. You know, I believe in what I'm doing with Skystorm right now. I believed in all the projects we've created in the past. I know there's an audience out there for them. I think my big push is towards digital because once I have them out there digitally everywhere, they're easier to find. So when I promote, I give you eight sources to be able to go find them and buy them. From right. my own site to digital distributing sites to the Amazons to whatever you want to read it on. I want my stuff out there on. Um, we just, we just found a, uh, new app creator that we're going to be using. So it looks like we might be into app business. So we definitely will be on apples. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that you got to think about to get your stuff out there. So, okay. Well, it's probably didn't go in the direction that Eric had asked, but hopefully you got something from that. And if you have anything to add, please stop in the forums at sketchmagazine.net and contribute to this um, underneath the podcast link or send us an email, and I'll give you the email later. And, uh, you know, contribute, and uh, we'll bring it back on. We'll, we'll definitely get it out there for everybody. So... Um, Moving on, um, mm-hmm. Bill, you want to catch us up on some posts that's been at sketchmagazine.net? You, sure. You're doing that. I will jump over to Comic Related and update people on John's. Did I catch you off guard? No, because I had it on before. I had to go back. Um. Let's see, we had uh, Speed Drawn with Copic Markers. Mm-hmm. I believe you posted that. Yes. Um, and I posted a tutorial on how to create comic book lettering in Photoshop. And our last one, we have, uh, the John posted it, it was Drawing Strong Women. And it looks like it's How to Draw Strong Samurai Woman. Uh, that's what we posted in the last couple of days. So Cool. We've each done one. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to do John's thing here. John posts at comicrelated.com under sketch. And um, this one here is Copic Markers tutorial. So follow the link. It says Copic can be confusing someone new. So to them, different types and colors. Here's an artist example. So follow that. Check it out. Another one here on the list is how to draw a hand holding a sword. So it doesn't look like it's floating in the air, you know. So uh, that's pretty cool. Shows a photo reference and shows them drawing. 
Um, then our next one is interview with painter Pablo Riviera. Um, awesome painter. Um, I think he's, he's pretty cool. He's coming a long way. And I like his stuff. And the next is a step-by-step -step of drawing of the Hulk. Uh, we all love the Hulk. He was great in the Avengers movie. And uh, that's it. Ah, one more. Hold on a minute. We have beginner recommendations for Copic. John's really in Copic lately because uh, he took a class and he's been checking everything out. So this is everyone has to start somewhere, especially with Copic markers. Uh, they can be pricey little things, but worth it. So check this out. It's a video. Um, and that's it. So, Bill, what's been going on over at Comic Mentor? Nothing. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, there's. I haven't posted anything. You've been quiet at the mentor, has it? Yeah, I've been doing other stuff. All well, right. I was without power for a couple of days there too. So. True, true. So, all right, everybody, get on Bill at Facebook. Tell him to get rolling at Comic Mentor. So, but probably by the time you guys hear this, maybe he'll have time to post something. Yeah. Um. Let's see. See, uh, Blue Line newsletter went out last week. This week hasn't gone out because of San Diego last weekend, so I've held it off until tomorrow. But we got some cool things that's going to be in the newsletter, um, it's like a new Moo eraser. It's a pretty cool little eraser, and uh, he's got a couple cool things. We also have some offers. So if you currently do not get the Blue Line newsletter, you definitely want to sign up for it. Go to bluelinepro.com and check it out, and get signed up for the newsletter. It's free, and you can save some money. He's going. He's some cool offers. He's getting ready to offer this week. Um, Sketch Magazine update. I guess we should update our own site. There you go. Um, let's see. Beginning today, the Sketch Magazine store is live. We have all mm. current printings of issues, all issues available again. Um, we found some inventories and stuff, so we have everything available. Uh, it's the first time in a long time. Um, and uh, we now have digital versions of uh, almost every issue. There's a couple issues that we're tweaking for the digital versions, but we've offering here on our own site, we have digital versions of CBZ, ZBRs, and PDFs. So definitely check those out. Um, over the next month, now that I've got this live, uh, we'll be working, getting them on the Kindle, the Nook, and uh, after that, we'll be looking to those apps. Also, we'll be distributing digitally and probably to uh, drive through comics, my digital comics, and a few other ones that I've got accounts for. So you'll be able to pick up digital versions of Sketch there. But right now, they're available at the storefront, at the site, at sketchmagazine.net. Check it out. Um... We are discussing, and this is something we want to get the base fan base into, resources. We want to know what you guys think about building a home for resources here. Um, either do it on a page or through the forums so everybody can contribute. And just build up a resources page. Say if you need a printer, come check out, see who's listed. Um, you need fonts, see what people have posted as fonts, whether it's free or paid. Uh, tutorials, uh, you name it. Um, probably won't get into advertising yourself as far as classifieds, but resources upon things that you need to create your project. 
So definitely drop us a note and uh, let's get the resources going. Mm -hmm. Another thing is over the next week or two, we're going to try to set up more of a portfolio area in the forums. Uh, we've been asked and that we um, artists have asked us, and I think it's mostly young guys, but it might be not. Um, if there's an area where they can post some of their artwork. And we were like, yeah, in the forums. But I guess it's not very clear on the new ones. So either Bill and I will uh, set up our own little portfolios in there and show them and write up a little paragraph to tell them how they can set up their own little portfolio area. Let's, uh, let's share some art. Check out some people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it's fun. always cool. Yeah, it was fun back in the Afterburn days, getting to see everybody's art. So, And once we get past getting all this pre-up stuff set up, we'll get a contest going this far. I think it's still summertime. A lot of people's doing vacations, and I know first of August we'll all get kids going back to school or something like that. So once we get past that, we get into September, October. We'll we'll get some art contests going up. We got a, full, a couple cool ideas for some, you know prizes. So I think one of the first ones might be create a T-shirt. What T-shirt would you wear as a comic artist? It has to have something about artwork. It has to have Sketch magazine. So what would be a cool t-shirt design? So we'll, we'll come up with something like that and post it in the forums and plaster it everywhere. But that's what's going on at Sketch. Um, as far as contacting us, you can contact all three of us at podcast at sketchmagazine.net. And Bill, how can they contact you? Comicsmentor at gmail.com. And you can contact me at bobh at bluelinepro.com. So, appreciate it, guys. It's been good. Bill, thank you. Oh, thank you. And we'll catch you later. Take care. Bye.